at a time when a lot of people are leaving and a lot of people are transferring and a lot of people are declaring for the pros, one guy decides he's back for more. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy Malachi Moore has announced he will return to Alabama for a fifth season. Dun, da, da, da. Malachi Moore, um, he has moved around from star and nickel and corner, and uh, he's done everything. And uh, he's a guy that is very versatile, obviously. And uh, I think he ended up with 52 tackles this year, fifth on the team. And he, in terms of guys coming back with, and, and tackles, he's he's number four. So, I mean, Alabama's returning a lot of their leading tacklers, and um, that's great. So I'm I'm super psyched that uh, Malachi Moore will be back. I know there's some people out there that, I mean, well, I wish Tyrion were coming back. Eh, okay, but he's a first-rounder. Malachi is great. Malachi can be a leader, and I am very, very thankful he has decided to return to the University of Alabama. You know who Malachi, I mean, this this thought just occurred to me. I had a lot to say about Malachi because I'm very excited about him coming back. Malachi is like half of Michigan's defense. You know, like yeah. why Michigan was good? Because they're full of fourth and fifth year guys. And yes, if those guys were first round picks, they would have never made it to year four and year five. And in some cases, year six, they never would have made it that far. They, they, they would have been first round picks and, and entered the draft, but they're not first round picks. They're mid round picks or late round picks. So they keep coming back to school because there's NIL money and there's a chance maybe you move up and all this other stuff. But that's exactly how Michigan got great is they had a few Malachi's at different positions this is why it is so big for Alabama for any number of reasons, but just start with the fact, how about a year five starter? Malachi has been a starter since the day he showed up in 2020. He has started at Alabama in some role or another. That's made him extremely experienced. It's made him extremely versatile. It's made him extremely tough. He was a team captain on this last team. He's certain to be team captain again. He'll serve as a traffic cop for the secondary. He can play star. He can play safety. He can play money. Uh, this was just an invaluable guy to return uh, for all sorts of reasons. But let's just start with this. He's a good football player. He's good. Is he awesome? Well, no, he'd probably be in the NFL. But he's good. We need to have more appreciation for good and 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 uh, leadership and all the stuff that he brings. So I assure you the staff at Alabama, uh, they were they were dancing when they heard that Malachi was going to put off the NFL another year and uh, and return. So uh, his family, I think his mom's a teacher. Malachi takes education real serious. Uh, now just putting maybe multiple degrees behind his name. Uh, and, hey, the NFL will be there for him. The NFL will be there for him. He'll get, a, he'll get his shot at the NFL. Oh, man, my phone's going to go off, and it's way over there. Here, here's something that's funny. If Malachi were on Michigan, he'd probably be an All-American. Some guys who play for Alabama are punished because they're really, really good, but the guys playing next to them are incredible. Yeah, and, Caleb Downs. Okay, look, 
when you have Caleb Downs on the team, I mean, for instance, Terry on Arnold, I mean, it took all season for people to realize, oh, he's fantastic because he was on the other side of Cooley McKinstry, who everybody just assumed. I mean, he's, he's now Terry on has moved up past him, obviously in some mock drafts. But my point is Terry on had to work his tail off to get there. And uh, because sometimes when you have somebody that's so good, a Dallas Turner makes Chris Braswell look relatively average. Chris Braswell is fantastic. So Malachi Moore is really, really good. Um, It's just that, People are like, well, he's no Caleb Downs. Well, there's not a lot of Caleb Downs. There's only one of him. There's only one of him. And Malachi's like, when you said like Michigan and and he'd be an All-American in Michigan, I tell you, he was a lot like. And this guy's a heck heck of a player. For those that watch the playoff, I will bet you noticed number zero for Michigan, number zero, Sandstrill. He also had the the pick that uh, cinched the game for Michigan at the end and and quelled all Washington uprising. Malachi plays the same position. He's a lot like that guy. And and that guy was very responsible for Michigan's success against Alabama and Washington. So uh, this is great, great news. Uh, My guess is uh, Malachi will remain right at that star position in terms of where he plays primarily. But uh, the beauty of him, he's a Swiss Army knife. Uh, If necessary, he can play safety. He can play money when you go to dime. But I think his best position is that nickel corner position right there at star. Um, Jimmy, really quickly, Jason McClellan does exactly what we thought he'd do. He declares for the NFL draft. More power to him. Um, I think he's got an NFL future. I think he's got a five- to seven-year career in the league. That's a nice, nice NFL career for a running back, by the way. Um, and so I'm happy for him. Uh, there there have uh, been some Twitter wars between uh, Mia McClellan Jace's mom and some bammers who just aren't very smart bammers. I don't think they go off talking about how, yeah, Nick Saban pushed Jace McClellan out. I feel not quite true. certain if Jace McClellan said he it's wanted to be true. back, they that he'd be back. But yeah, um, it's not for, true. I mean, sources close to the program. That's not true at all. It's not even close to true. Um, one other thing I want to throw out there because I'm gonna we're gonna put this out before this happens. But for some of y'all, this will be late. Um, there's a team meeting today at three o'clock. I was on a Montgomery radio show and the host, Doug Amos, actually asked me, he said, do you know anything about this team meeting? People are asking about it. I said, I hadn't heard a thing about it. But, you know, so I started investigating a little bit and it's apparently just a routine team meeting. Nick Saban is not retiring. If, it, if he is retiring, it is the best kept secret since whatever was in Al Capone's vault, which was nothing. So well, today, today is the first day. I mean, I, I heard the same thing and I heard some panicky talk and it was on our board at BOL, people asking on the board at BOL about it. Um, and, and look, uh, I didn't have to make any, any calls or texts or anything. I just, it's, it's the first day of class. I mean, today, and, uh, you know, I live near campus and it was kind of neat for the first time in several weeks because class has been out for a while uh, to look out the window and see, see kids in their backpacks walking to a uh, school, um, Look, uh, it's the first day of class, so they have to set a schedule. Hey, this is what the schedule is going to be. They also have fourth quarter program. They do fourth quarter stuff before spring practice. Spring practice will be here before you know it. It's actually less than 10 weeks until spring practice starts, so they're going to do fourth quarter stuff. So they're just setting a schedule. Here's a team meeting. This, the, so it's. I believe they do this every 
semester at the start of, uh, of the semester. They don't do it in the fall because they've already been in fall camp. When school starts, they've already been meeting as a team every day for three weeks. But this is, if you think about it, Luke, pretty cool because of all the early entry guys. Today was the very first team meeting with the 2024 football team. The only people not there, to my knowledge, are four incoming freshmen who have not either signed, like Ryan Williams, or they've signed, but they're not going to arrive until June, like Rico Scott and Amari Jefferson, those guys. Uh, I think Naquil Bertrand is also not here. He'll arrive next week from Texas A&M. But this was virtually over uh, 90% of the 2024 football team is here today in Tuscaloosa on campus. So that's why they're having the team meeting. They're just merely setting the schedule. And no, I, if Nick Saban was retiring and boy, I've heard a lot of Saban retirement rumors, especially the last week or two. Uh, you know, he, he was in Florida, left his vacation. He was vacationing in Florida and Jupiter with Miss Terry actually left early to get back to Tuscaloosa because of the storms on Monday left early to get back and have been uh, working on uh, filling those staff openings. That doesn't sound like a guy uh, retiring to me. No, doesn't at all. Jimmy, we're going to talk about a big visitor weekend on January 20th in just here in a second. I think. Okay, I got to do that again. Yeah, I got to tell everybody about LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn is the absolute best. They've been a sponsor for a long time, and we truly appreciate them. It's the start of the new year, and every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level? LinkedIn Job knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why I surround myself with Jimmy. That's what LinkedIn, that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. You can't beat that with a stick. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post job free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions, eh, they're going to apply. You can almost bank on that. January 20th is setting up to be a monster weekend for uh, the University of Alabama. I mean, going to be a very, very big one. Uh, Ryan Williams will be in. Uh, then there will also be Jamie French will be in. This is the five-star wide receiver who was just named the best player at the junior All-American Combine or whatever it was. Uh, Mika DeBose will be in. Or Micah DeBose will be in. Um they got, uh, let's see, Mason Short, who's committed to Alabama, but apparently is having some flirtations with Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just going to be a huge, bodacious weekend for the University of Alabama. And, um, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Andrew Bone has a great uh, full list over at BOL. So everybody check that out. It's a pretty full list, and it's growing. There will be additional names added uh, as we go. 
A few of the guys I want to talk about, though, because first of all, start with Mason Short, who's committed to us. Sometimes the kids that commit super early, uh, fans are so eager to move on to the next name and the next thing that that they don't celebrate enough, you know, for these early guys. But Mason Short is a is a big dude. He's a big deal. That was a great get for Alabama. Now they're having to fend off Georgia, Georgia, the in-state program Georgia's really fighting for Mason Short I think the offensive line is a critical position for Alabama in this 2025 class another great article by Andrew Bone recently at BOL talked about the, the 2025 tackles that Alabama is uh is recruiting and it is an impressive list the big tackle from the northeast um Sanders David Sanders big big great five-star Jordan Seaton type uh prospect uh he's he heads the list Mason Short, who's already committed. Luke mentioned Micah Debos. He's always been one of my favorites. I can be a real homer for my Mobile area kids. And Micah, uh, I can't believe he's going to be a senior uh, next fall because uh, I've been following him since the eighth grade. He, he was an eighth grade starter at Viger High School and, 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 and looked every bit the part of an SEC prospect even then. Uh, so I've been Excited about Micah for a long time. He was recently committed to Georgia, decommitted, and is now wide open. Uh, likes Auburn a lot. This is going to be uh, not a Ryan Williams situation in the sense that Ryan is that five-star plus, you know, that everybody in the world, I think people that don't care about football know who Ryan Williams is. He's gotten so famous. <laughs> I don't think Micah is a prospect to Ryan Williams' level, but I think the recruitment is going to look similar in terms of probably going to be an Alabama-Auburn thing. Might go all the way to signing day. Might be a commit here and a flip there and a flip back. And I, I think with him, it's just going to be Alabama versus Auburn all the way down to the last the last day uh, for Micah Debos is sort of the sense I get there. Uh, might be an Auburn lean right now, maybe. Uh, liked Alabama a lot, even while committed to Georgia. We'll just have to see. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot to be determined. I think Auburn's rebuilding their staff. Alabama's had staff movement. That can affect things. Kevin Steele recruited Mobile. Uh, now he'll he's out. Uh, you know, so a lot to be determined there. But that January 20th trip, uh, big. Man, uh, a lot of Mobile area kids coming up. And, again, uh, Bones List on BOL is great. And it, it, it's going to be expanding between now and then. That looks like a big visit weekend. All unofficial visits, by the way. Unofficials, meaning the it's, it's it, what amounts to a junior day. You know, uh, juniors coming up and a lot of them uh, – checking things out for the first time. Yeah, I do hate that Alabama doesn't have a home basketball game. I wish the Tennessee game were at home that Saturday. Um, yeah. Because that would make for a hell of an environment. But but it does give them more time to do stuff. They do this neat so, thing. I don't think we've ever talked about it here. We talked about the scavenger hunt here. They no. do that on unofficials a lot. Pretty cool. Uh, I don't know who dreamed this up, but they, they do a literal scavenger hunt. You know, you got this list of items, and it's like a game. And they all get in golf carts driven by staffers and and they compete to win the scavenger hunt. And things, items are hidden all over campus for them to go find and get. And it's really what it is, is it's a way to show them the campus and they get to know the whole school, the layout of the school, where all the buildings are. And, and, and they go all over campus looking for these items as part of a game. Uh, and, and they do that on these uh, visit weekends now. And, uh, you know, you can see them whipping around in the golf carts when they're here. I've seen them, seen it going on. Uh, and that's a great creative idea, because I think if you just cram them all in a van, 
and like you're on the stars tour and you, I know Luke's been to LA, uh, it, it, you know, you go on a, 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 you know, the van tour of the, of the stars and they take you around these LA neighborhoods and they're like, look, Lucille Ball used to live there before she died. She lived right there. And they go all around. That's, that would bore these kids to death. So they come up with a competitive game to keep them engaged. And it's a way for them to learn about the campus. You know, speaking of those tours, apropos of nothing, um, when I went to England with my mom and some other folks uh, back in, I think I was in sixth grade, I'll never forget this. We were on one of those buses, a tour bus. And uh, the, of course, the lady is facing everybody. You know, the, is, the we're going straight. She's facing backwards, telling everybody. And she'd go, OK, everybody, if you now would look to your left, you can see Parliament. And everybody looked at left, started taking pictures. I'm sorry, that's my left, your right. And of course, we'd pass by it by then. Uh, you know, it, it was stuff like that. That was also the same trip that uh, we went to um, Stonehenge. And I remember uh, my mom said, said to the lady, Hey, um, I, I've been having to go to the bathroom for like 30 minutes. My mom doesn't mess around. When it's time to go to the bathroom, it's time to go to the bathroom. She said, um, uh, Ma'am, you, you're going to have to hold it for a minute. Mom was like, unless you want me to go behind one of these big old rocks, uh, you better tell me where a bathroom is immediately. One of these big old rocks. <laughs> so, uh, anywho, uh, Jimmy, when we come back, we're going to talk about the big basketball win from last night. As it stands, though, Jimmy, I want to tell everybody about FanDuel. You love FanDuel. I love FanDuel. We all scream for FanDuel. FanDuel is fabulous. The NFL regular season is over, but there's still time to get in on action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers get 150 smacks and bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets whether you win or whether you lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. You can have the live same-game parlays. Those are so much fun. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find popular parlays and much, much, much more. So visit FanDuelSlash.com to make your first bet. It says here in the live read a layup, but keeping with the theme, I'm going to say a chip shot field goal. As long as it's not Papanastos, am I right? I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Go check out FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on is where you want to go today. You know, one day I'm going to be walking in an alley and Chris Caps and Papanastos are going to be there and they're going to be like, they're going to be waiting, putting their fists in their hands like this. Hopefully it'll just be like West Side Story in a dance off. Yeah, I'll just start snapping. That's it. I'll sure. see if we can if something will happen. You're like, um, ooh, you're the Jets. I'm the Sharks. Let's do this. <laughs> so last night, Bama basketball, uh, they're kind of stinky bodinky there in the first half. I mean, only up one at halftime. They were down by seven early to South Carolina team that just is not very good offensively. They only have one loss on the year. And they did beat Mississippi State the other day, but they're, they're, they're not that great. Um, in fact, I would say I, I wouldn't put them in the NCAA tournament right now, even though they only have two losses. Um, but Alabama in the second half comes out scorching. I mean, South Carolina didn't score for seemingly 10 minutes of game time. I mean, Alabama was just killing it. And, in fact, I think it would have even been worse. And this is so Alabama fan of me 
to pick out a negative when there were such so many positives in the second half. Alabama was killing it, right? They were just and, – and Aaron Estrada hits a big three, puts Alabama up. You know, they, the lead at that point was insurmountable. Then they go – South Carolina goes down, misses another shot. Here comes Estrada. And Estrada goes sort of one-on-one, ends up taking a very bad shot. And I thought to myself, self, that's going to be the drive killer. And sure enough, the very next play, South Carolina comes down and hits a three. How many times does that happen in sports where you have all the momentum, you got everything going, and then somebody shifts? Somebody shifts. It's almost like, hey, I'm so hot, I can do whatever I want. No, keep keep the flow going. Keep doing what you've been doing. Y'all, they were moving the ball so well. But anyway, that's I hate to harp on a negative. I'm just saying – I remember that. So I remember that moment where he took a really bad, like spinning kind of fade away. And I was thinking, that's such a bad shot. We've been getting all these good shots. Let's go get another one. It's easy. We can put these guys away. Now, Alabama ultimately put them away. Mark Sears is a is a godsend. Mark Sears is so good right now. I think he's the best player in the SEC right now. He's um he's really carrying this team in a lot of respects. He's not only scoring a lot, which he is. And man, he's making some very incredible, like the flying Grayson's from Batman difficulty level shots. I mean, he's just killing it. Um, But he also, he's, he's making good passes. He's not forcing anything. The threes he took last night were threes you're supposed to take. These were not threes like, Oh my God, I got to throw it. You know, a heat check. And then he, one time uh, Alabama was late in the shot clock. He was like, oh, I got to throw this up. I'm sort of behind the backboard. Splash. He, he's just killing it. He really is. He's the SEC player of the year as of this moment. Uh, now there's a lot of basketball left and a lot of basketball against good opponents. You know, I think the SEC player of the year really be determined, you know, when Kentucky's on the floor and when Tennessee's on the floor, you got to do it against them uh, and not just in the non-conference and against Vanderbilt, South Carolina, but to this point, and we're at the halfway point. Believe it or not, you play 31 games. Alabama's now played 15. I guess you're technically at the halfway point at halftime, uh, you know, Saturday at Mississippi State. Uh, the halfway point of the season, Mark Sears is your SEC Player of the Year. And if you saw that coming, you are either psychic or or you're lying. Uh, I mean, I, I would admit that I thought Sears would be the third best player on this team. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like I was like, Oh, Mark Sears is not good. I thought he was a good player. I thought he'd be a starter and 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 somebody we leaned on and a leader. But I thought going into the year, to be honest, going back to early November, I thought, well, this will be Grant Nelson. And uh, I tell you, who I think is going to have a great year is Rylan Griffin. That's been wrong. I mean, Grant Nelson has struggled in his transition to the SEC. Rylan Griffin's been great defensively, but has not been consistent on the offensive end. The best player on the team by miles and miles has been Mark Sears uh, with a great contribution from Aaron Estrada. So, uh, hey, this team's good, too. Now, don't don't look at Alabama's record and get confused. This is a good basketball team. And uh, as of where they are today, Luke, today they're a contender to win the SEC and enter the NCAA tournament with a really good seed today. A lot of basketball left, 16 games to be accurate. As someone once pointed out to me, I have a podcast, so I should know such things. But can Mark Sears come back? I think so. 
I think so. How about this? I'll, I'll confirm it when the show's over. We'll lead off with it next time. But I think, I think this is his uh, fourth year of of playing basketball. But I, I believe his career started. Uh, I think I think he's his career started at Ohio during that COVID year, twenty twenty one, the twenty 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 one season. So I think so. But I will confirm that for you guys. Uh, we'll lead off the show with it. But my answer is yes. Uh, I think my answer is yes, I believe so. God, how awesome would that be if he came back? I, I'm not saying he's gonna, but I, man, jeez, that that would be so awesome. And I that's another thing we're gonna look up. We're gonna have a Mark Sears podcast, 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 and uh we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna I'm gonna look up where he stands all time in scoring and all that stuff because Shoot, I mean, he's averaging over 20 points a game. I mean, he's he's going to be up there pretty shortly. He has more 20-point games at this point in the season than Brandon Miller had one year ago. Ooh, that's a – man, what a stat. Um, How about that? I should have led with that. I buried the lead. I buried the lead. That's what they call it in the biz. Um, Another thing, though, and again, this – uh, Nick Pringle, I think Nick Pringle sort of coming into his own. He's he's sort of realizing, I think, something. And there were a couple of times he and Estrada weren't on the same page. Estrada should have thrown him a lob once, didn't pass it, didn't should have thrown him a lob and actually hit him in the gonads because he thought he wasn't going to jump up. Um, but whatever. Uh, Nick Pringle is getting better. Um, gonads, technical basketball term there. <laughs> yes. Kind of like. Uh, Muhammad Diabute, is, is, he's playing like much entry better. pass. Let's say entry pass. He made an entry pass. Entry pass to his gonad, gonadic area. Um, so, Jimmy, though this needs to be brought up, Grant Nelson played 24 minutes at zero points, and one of his three-pointers was so bad that it's the kind of three-pointer that, like, I shoot now at 51 in the pickup games when when I have a, I'm playing against dudes who are, I mean, less than – I mean – more than half my age. And, um, and, and I'm like, okay, I can't shoot anymore. Like I I think in my head, when I take a bad shot in those games, we're playing pickup and I, you know, I'm not the same athlete I once was, and I'm not even the athlete I thought I was, um, then, but, um, what I'm saying is North Dakota joke. It was so bad (laughs) that if he shot it from, if he shot it from Mount Rushmore, it would not have hit a president. I think that's in South Dakota, but... Oh, is it? Yeah. (laughs) As a podcast, you would think I would know that. You should just... (laughs) You don't have a North Dakota podcast. but um, Obviously not. Or a South Dakota one. I thought it was a funny... Did the joke land? Like Grant's ball eventually did somewhere (laughs) on the court? His shot was so bad, it hit Nick Pringle in the gonads. Um, (laughs) Anyway, no... uh, but he, it was like a sort of a three-pointer, sort of a handback pass three-pointer. And it was so bad that it looked like mid-shot, the ball was like, I'm not even sure if I'm a pass or a shot myself. And I don't know how many shots he took after that. Because again, what I'm going back to is when you have when your confidence gets low like that, sometimes and you sometimes you feel like, hey, I'm out of my league. And that's how I feel sometimes when I play basketball now. Like, hey, I'm I can't play with these guys anymore. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, maybe I'll rebound more, but your, your confidence is so shot. You can't do anything. And um, I want Grant Nelson just to get back to being Grant Nelson. He's a really, really good player. 
Is he the best player in the league? No, he's not even the best player on Alabama's team. But he's really, really good, and he's much better than he's playing right now. And it's a shame to see his confidence level so low. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. His confidence is shot. I saw him last night. I was at the game. I, he he passed up shot. That That's when you know that your confidence is shot, when he had some scoring opportunities and he just passed the ball. Uh, and, and but by the way, he's playing hard. Uh, I think he, I think he's a good teammate. Uh, he does pass the ball well, and uh, he's still making a contribution. Uh, but fixing Grant Nelson uh, has to be amongst the uh, Nate Oates' top priorities right now. Yeah, and you know another thing, this team does a great job of ball movement. Almost too great sometimes. We move it so much. You know what I'd love to see one of our guys do one time, and I hadn't seen it this season. Maybe it's happened, I just hadn't seen it. You know that little play Jalen Milrow had where he would fake the pitch out, like mm -hmm. almost like fake a toss sweep to Jace McClellan or Roydell or Justice or whatever, or Jam? I feel like I got to throw them all in there. I don't want to throw them all in there. <laughs> so he sort of fakes it and then takes it back and throws it. I would leave to see, love to see one of our guys because we move the ball around the perimeter so much and so quickly. It'd be nice if we fake passed it one time and then turned and shot it. I think it's there. Drop me into it. You just fake me out. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't sure where you're going with that. So you fake me out. But it makes uh, sense, right? I, I, we do move the ball really well. And, and it's not about, boy, we need to get Grant open for some threes. He is open for threes. He's not <laughs> shooting the ball. Uh, I mean, so make I, I, yeah, uh, and I, I, Rylan Griffin too. I mean, I, I think, I mean that that to me is not, not a disappointment. That's not the right word, but I expected Rylan Griffin to be like a eighteen point a night guy this year, and that hasn't happened yet. Although he does show signs of it, uh, he's got to get a little more. Uh, a couple players like like Rylan and Grant need to reassert themselves on offense and get a little more aggressive. Dudes, you can do this. We've seen them do it. Grant, on the opening night, opening night we played Moorhead State, I think. Opening night, I thought, oh, my gosh, we've we've signed a lottery pick. But I know. that was Moorhead State, and that was 15 games ago now. I know. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.